I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. God bless you today. You're listening to the One Life Podcast with Taylor via MadeUpMind.com. Today's podcast is titled, I Decide Suicide. Again, this is a very serious podcast. I would encourage you to take a moment to find a seat, relax yourself, situate yourself, Listen to this. This may apply to you. It may apply to a dear loved one that you know. Maybe there's a current situation at your church where there is the issue of suicide. The Bible does not say a lot in regards to the word suicide. But I pray that today you will hear a word and be quickened by the Holy Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be clear as to what the Bible says. So with that being said, let's get started. Again, this podcast is called I Decide Suicide. Let me read something to you and then we'll get into the word. Earlier this year, May 5th, 2022, Southern University cheerleader dies by suicide after posting heartbreaking message to Instagram. This was May 5th. I'm just going to briefly read this thing to you. It's not long. We'll highlight a few points and we'll get into the word. The article reads, after allegedly posting her farewell note to social media, a Southern University and A&M college student was found dead in the Mississippi River after her family became concerned over her whereabouts. Miller, whose age has not been disclosed, attended an HBCU college in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Southern University Jaguars cheerleader shared a lengthy message that worried her family and friends on her Instagram account. In the post that has now accumulated over 65,000 likes, Miller spoke about alleged suicidal thoughts during her younger years and how she has fought the urges. This is what she is quoted saying. These were some of her last words. She says, may this day bring me rest and peace. Miller wrote, I have fought this urge since my early teenage years. I gave this life all the fight I had. To everyone who has entered my life, I'm so grateful, and I can only imagine how this may find you. I have been surrounded by people who may have honestly thought I was okay, but I haven't been okay for a while. Now, I'm changing my voice just to try to imitate a female, all right? So that's her. That's the quote that she has in this Instagram post right before she committed suicide. The college student then reflects on dealing with COVID, suffering from an injury, and feeling alone most of the time. She goes on to say, I struggled so much through the, just this year alone, from COVID to tearing my ACL to nearly failing all my classes, Miller wrote. To the people in my life, I pray you learn to vocalize your feelings and get help always. I failed at that and I'm afraid it's too late. 
Miller then talks directly to her mother, who she thanks and reassures her that she is at peace and acknowledges that she had written suicidal notes before, but she was at her breaking point this time. Mom, thank you so much. I pray you know I'm at rest now. You have given everything to see me happy. Miller wrote, I'm happy in the water where everything is still and peaceful. I have written so many suicidal notes in my life, but finally I've reached my end. She wrote that she hoped that this would teach people to check on their strong friends and always be present. Miller said that she felt like she was letting so many people down and losing her connection to God. Last few statements from her, she says, I hope this teaches everyone to check on your strong friends. Be present always. I'm contradicting myself, but never give up. I know that I'm letting a lot of people down by what I'm about to do. Miller wrote, I've already let down so many people throughout my life and it just feels unbearable. I've lost my connection to God. The devil seems to have won and that is okay. I blame no one for this. She concluded her post by apologizing to all of her family and friends, revealing that she has tried to make everyone in her life happy. When she loved everyone in her life, she had had enough fighting and hoped that those close to her found peace in her decision. Again, while she loved everyone in her life, she had had enough fighting and hoped that those close to her found peace in her decision. These were the last quotes that she had to say. I thank everyone for all they've done and I'm sorry, I'm so, so sorry. But thinking about how everyone else would feel about my death is not not enough either. I've tried to please and make everyone else happy my entire life. I've been dead inside for too long. To everyone I love, just remember that this is not your fault and I pray you don't find guilt in my situation. To my granddad, I wish you were here to tell me I'm being stupid, to tell me it's not worth it, but you've left me and found your own peace. I've always been stubborn and prideful just like you. I always dreamed of becoming so many things that I am today, but they are just aren't enough. I'm not enough. I haven't felt enough for a while, but I say all this to say I'm done fighting. My battle is over and I pray everyone finds peace in that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to One Life with Taylor via MadeUpMind.com. Thank you for bearing with me with the contrast of the voices. I was just trying to do that and keep saying I quote and all that stuff. Let's go over a few points and get to the word. This podcast is called I Decide Suicide. Okay. This girl was... A Southern University and A&M college student. She was a Southern University Jaguars cheerleader. The first point I'd like to make, there's seven points we're going to, I'm just going to point out and we're going to get to the word. Point number one, Miller spoke about alleged suicidal thoughts during her younger years. Parents, family, friends, church folks, if you have somebody that starts uh, speaking in a suicidal way, even in a far out way, that is a big red flag. Do not assume. Do not assume. Don't assume that they're going to be okay. Go overboard because there is a life that will end potentially if you assume otherwise. Point number two from this article that she said, may this day bring me rest and peace. Well, 
You're saying may because you don't know. If you are contemplating suicide, I want you to know that you think it's going to be rest in peace, but because you did not create yourself, you did not determine how life will end for you. You didn't write the story. You didn't put the characters in there. You didn't write the narrative of life for humanity. So you do not get to determine how the cookie crumbles for you. That's a caution. We're going to get to the word in a minute. But I just want to say, figuratively speaking, talking like Hollywood, that is not the don't do that. Again, I'm going to get back to that. But just hold that thought. Number three. She kept saying this to the people in my life. I pray you learn to vocalize your feelings and get help always. I failed at that and I'm afraid it's too late. As she was typing this Instagram, it was not too late as her fingers were clicking across the keyboard or she had a phone. It wasn't too late in that moment. But of course, after she committed suicide, then yes, it is too late. Again, she says she reassures everyone that she's at peace. We already covered that. She cannot say that. Okay. We're going to get to that in a minute. She says, I pray, you know, I'm at rest now. This is the part that really made me say, what kind of cereal was this girl eating? I'm happy in the water where everything is still and peaceful. That sounds like a figment of her imagination. She wasn't writing nobody underwater, so I don't know what made her say that. Okay, a few more points. Number four, I'm contradicting myself, but never give up. Of course, do as I say, not as I do. You don't give up, but I quit. That's what you say if you tell other people, don't kill yourself, but I'm about to kill myself. Number five, I've lost my connection to God. That's probably the most profound statement out of this whole article. I've lost my connection to God. So let's take one quick example. Losing your connection to God. What happens to a lithium battery that is no longer used and it sits for a year or two or three? What happens to it? It eventually dies. That battery, the stuff in that battery, if it's not being consistently used, it will be no good. Okay. If you lose your connection to God, you're going to be like this girl, college, you know, a fair looking woman. I know beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. She was in the lineup. She wouldn't be last. I'll just say it like that. But she lost her connection to God. Six. I've tried to please and make everyone else in my life, in my entire life, happy. Man, that's that's pretty sad. I I can only imagine as a father myself what kind of daughter is under that load and stress. And where's the daddy? Where's the daddy to affirm the little girl and hold her and kiss her and say, Hey, you daddy's girl and all that good stuff to make her feel that she's already pleasing to her parents because she is their child. All those things. Maybe that wasn't there. And that's why she was trying so hard to please everybody, trying so hard to be accepted and liked by everybody. The last point from this article that I want to point out before we get to the word, she said, I'm not enough. I haven't felt enough for a while. Man, that's so heartbreaking. This was pretty much a big kid. You know, 
probably 18, 19 years old, 20 years old. And just when, when, when I read that statement, I'm not enough. I haven't felt enough for a while. Man, that's been, there, there's some parent wounds and father gaps and all that that I see already. It's like, man, you never want your child to feel like that. Go get a dollar Slurpee and pull out some cards and play some games. Look at old pictures and make, make each other laugh and go for a walk and go for a ride and listen to some nice music. Let the windows down. Get that fresh air in. Uh, you know, go to, uh, you know, play some video games together. You know, go, uh, uh, you know, shopping together. Dude, just spend time with the, with the person. There's a lot I could say right there because I'm a father. And again, you need, you know, as, 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 a, as a parent to another parent, if you're a parent, you need to be checking the pulse of your children regularly. Do not assume because they got a social media page because they're making good grades because they keep, you know, going on in life that everything is okay. Obviously, this girl was bright enough to attend an HBCU and be a cheerleader. So that's that's not easy. So she did. She put in some work. She had a lot of potential, but something was missing. A lot was missing inside of this girl. Now, let's get to the word. What I want to I hope the word does is let you see the will and intent of God for a human being. And this means that we're not going to go through the entire Bible and cover every single point. But in this podcast, my prayer is that you would have enough to know and rest assured as far as what God says when it comes to the life of the human being that he created. So let's go back to Genesis. I've been uh, snooping and browsing and kind of, you know, uh, perusing a ministry called Answers in Genesis by Ken Ham. And, you know, they're the ones who have created the Ark and the Creation Museum in Cincinnati. And so he one of his main things that he harps on is the foundation of the Bible, God, the existence of God and the authority of the Bible, the authority of God, the authority of Scripture. And it has to start with creation. So his emphasis is on Genesis 1 through 11, Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 11, and all of the accounts during that time. But in order to show you the intent, the will of God for the human being that he created, we must go back to Genesis chapter 1. So I'm going to start reading. I'm, just, I'm not going to read everything. We're just going to hide a few verses. All right. Most people are familiar with Genesis 1.1, where it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Listen at what verse 2 says. Genesis 1-2, King James says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This first verse tells us that there were substances there, but there was no life there. There was no life uh, for creatures. There were no creatures. There were no plants. There was none of that. At this point, the heavens and the earth, I'll just call these containers for the sake of this podcast. So in essence, the heavens and the earth and the waters were containers that God would use to create the rest of his creation. All right. Let's go down to Genesis 1, 11 through 12. King James says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and fruit 
a fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. This verse tells us, first of all, God said Genesis 1, 1, God created and then he starts saying, starting at verse three, God said, verse 11, God said. So creation happened by the mouth of God. I understand that's hard for folks to grasp, but if he is God, he has that ability. What ability does God not have? The Bible says in Jeremiah 32, 27, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? There are many verses in the Bible where God will speak like this, like, look, what can't I do as God? Everything is mine. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of and all that dwell therein. God can do anything. He's God. And to be a God of the magnitude that he is, he can speak and it, and it happened. He can do that. Again, he is God. Human beings are not God. So again, he said, and the other thing I want to highlight about this verse is the word yielding. Yielding, yielding, meaning action, activity, life, productivity, and reproductivity begin to happen. The Bible says the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit. So these things were happening. And the Bible says in this verse, whose seed is in itself. So if I take the seed of a tomato and I plant it, I'm going to get tomatoes. If I take the seed of an apple and I plant it, I'm going to get an apple tree. If I take the seed of a celery and I plant it, I'm going to get a celery stalk and so on and so forth. I cannot take celery and plant it and get corn. I can't take an apple seed and get a banana tree. That's not how God set it up. And these things are fixed. When God creates these things, they are fixed items. Just like when he creates the sun and the moon, he says there are two great lights that he created. One for day, one for night. That's the sun and the moon. They are fixed. They cannot be changed. They don't move. They're fixed. Let's go further down in Genesis. Genesis 1, 20 through 22. King James, it says, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Again, we see the same pattern. One thing that answers in Genesis illuminates when you look at the argument of evolution or Darwinism or, you know, we came from apes and all this junk is is kind, kind. In other words, whales only make whales. Eagles only make eagles. 
chickens only make chickens. So the theory of evolution says, hey, there was one blob of something and it just morphed into one kind of animal over millions and millions and millions and billions and trillions of years. And then after that, then there was another uh, kind of animal. So uh, a, a spot of dirt got with some water and then it rolled into some bacteria, then it rolled into an ant, and then it rolled into a more sophisticated creature. Wouldn't it be nice if our cars worked that way? I start out with a hoopty, okay? After 10 years, it rolls into a nice, small 1989 Toyota. Then it morphs into maybe a 2000 Mustang. Then it turns into a luxury uh, truck, all these $85,000 trucks in 2022. Wouldn't it be great if I could just sit at a job and come in as a sweeper and I stay on that job for five years and next thing you know, they move me on up into the office where I'm typing and then I go ahead and move on up to be the store. Wouldn't it be nice if that theory worked in other areas, especially with our bodies? I start out, I'm a hundred pounds, skinny piece of Slim Jim. And then I just evolve into a, a thick, you know, stocky, uh, uh, you know, boxer. And then I morph into the Mr. Olympia, my body and my muscles and my veins. But folk, we know the cookie don't crumble that way. The last time I checked, I've had four children. I've seen the birth process four times. All right. If you go on the wing where all the babies are being delivered, never once have I walked into a hospital and heard people screaming in terror and bewilderment because all of a sudden mama's there on the bed and all of a sudden out comes a large alligator tail attached to a monkey's back with a baby's head. Now, if we saw crap like that, then we might say, hmm, maybe evolution is possible. It's crazy. And I got this jacked up, uh, I don't know what to call him, a mutated looking uh, son, but that has not occurred. So anyway, here in Genesis, we see God made clear boundaries, clear lines, clear genes, and clear kinds. The, the Again, whales, the living creature that moveth, etc. Fowl, so you can't get a whale out of a chicken, you can't get a snake out of a monkey, you can't get a dog out of a donkey. It just don't work like that. Let's move on. Genesis 1, 24 through 31. If you are listening, this is Tay Love. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love preaching Jesus. And this is the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. This is not a quick sports devo seven minutes. This is not the traditional 25-minute segment for every preacher that's being rushed off of pulpits every Sunday and Wednesday. This is none of that. You're listening to this podcast. That means there will be a lot of Bible reading. Not to read the Bible just to read the Bible, but to read the Bible to make a point. As one brother said, and I'm giving all of these nuggets so you can be and make disciples yourself, I am willing and have arrived to the place where I am willing and I challenge you to do the same to learn in any way it takes to understand or I would say learn in every way it takes to understand. We can't just read those few verses. We have to keep reading. So let's read Genesis 1, 24 through 31. King James, it says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creepy thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and every living thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. 
And God said, here we go, this is the crown of his creation. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creep upon the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them 28 and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. 29 and God said behold I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life I have given every green herb for meat and it was so Finally, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Ladies and gentlemen, he's laid out the blueprint. He's created several things in word. He has created man, but man does not actually arrive until after the seventh day. So we have to go to Genesis two, five through seven, where we see. It says, King James, when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Verse seven, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast called I Decide Suicide. We've taken a long way around the mountain, nice and slow. So we have everything on the table, all the ingredients. We're going to mix it together and out will come a yummy taste and see that God is good piece of pie. All right. Now, the Bible says... In that text that I just read you, Genesis 1, 24 through 31, after he created everything, what did he say? What did he command? The Bible says in verse 28, God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion, etc., etc." When God said that, he was speaking to the man. He gave out the orders for the human being as far as, hey, this is what you're going to do. Now, think about this. Can you do that if you commit suicide? Can you actually obey Jesus if you obey suicide? I mean, if you if you commit suicide, (laughs) here's my point. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living creature. Contemporary or Christian standard Bible says living being. English standard version says living creature. The message translation says living soul. The living Bible says living person. The Amplified says living being an individual complete in body and spirit. 
So the consistent word that you hear throughout translations is the word living. Keep that in mind. From the beginning, Genesis 1, 2, and all the verses that I read to you, from the beginning, we see two things. One, God made man in his image to look like or bear the Im- Im- image of, that's the Imago Dei, to bear the image, the very look, the very uh, uh, manifestation of God, the, the fingerprint, the signature of God. If God were a human being, the way that we look is how he, he would look. And we know this because when Jesus comes or has came in John chapter one, the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he did not come down as an alligator or an alien. Come on. All this celestial being talk. He didn't come down with these eight arms and all this stuff you see on the movies. No, God came down and he looked like us. Number two, God made man in his likeness. That means to act like function like exists similarly as creator created creation create so that's why when you look all around i'm in a room right now blinds look at the genius of blinds hey you know maybe we can make something that wouldn't make it so bright all the time but also give some privacy to the person who's living somewhere aha Somebody created blinds. Oh, maybe, you know, I would like to read at night and I want a light, not really bright, but not, not small. So somebody made a lamp. You know, it'd be nice to have some way to get in and out of things. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, something about the size of a human being where we can lock it and keep the bugs out and the weather out and people out. Somebody made a door. You know, maybe yeah, sometime when it gets a little muggy in the house, I'd like to, you know, have some air blowing. Somebody made a fan. All of these things were created because we come from a creator as part of his creation. Okay. What can everything that hath breath create? In light of this text, context, God and man. What can, what can uh, things with breath create? Expressions of praise, laughter, excitement, thanksgiving. Uh, how about works for man and creatures? I mean, dogs are hooked up because humans create things for it. They got doggy treats, a leash, a, a, a shock collar. You can put chips in dogs now. They got all types of stuff for dogs, but dogs didn't make those things. Humans made those things. How about a world and a people holy unto God? We are the ones who can look at society and figure it out. You know what? There is a creator and we start looking at all religions and beliefs and systems and we land to the Bible. And then we see and we test it and we authenticate it and boom. We can go to scriptures like Romans 12 and 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God wants us to be holy. Hebrews 12, 14, it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So these are the things that we as human beings are charged to do. How do we know this? Let's keep reading. We got to keep reading more scripture. First Peter 1, 14 through 25, King James Version. 
as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by whom, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 25, King James Version. Now, why did I read that? I read that for several reasons. Number one, you see that God wants us to be holy. The primary attribute of this living God, the only true and living God is holiness. That's why the Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The second thing I wanted you to see was that because God said be holy, he needed a holy one to redeem man and wash the sin, forgive the sin, atone for the sin of mankind. And that's why in 19 it says the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or without spot. This is supporting the holiness of God. So he had to make a holy atonement by using the only holy one. Now you see in verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth, a pure heart. So you see, we see the holiness of God continue. Pure heart, purified your souls without spot or blemish. But the final thing that I wanted you to take from this text hopefully reiterates this podcast, which is I Decide Suicide. Is God says in his word, he says, the word of God in 23 liveth and abideth forever, liveth and abideth forever. So hopefully you start to pick up on God's nature in his holiness to live is part of being holy, to live, to abide forever. Because he is an eternal God. This is why his word is eternal. And those who are saved will live for eternity. Keep that in mind. Now, let me ask you a few questions. So that, you know, we got some more ingredients we got on the table. This is how we like to do it. Let's pick up a few more ingredients. 
Question number one, what did this girl hear that made her think killing herself was acceptable to God? Now we see why the New Testament writers, James and John and Paul and, and Philemon and, 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 and uh, uh, Jude and, and John and Luke, we see why these brothers would tell us over and over again, and Peter, don't believe another gospel. Only believe in this gospel. Don't believe in another gospel that we've already told you ahead of time. There's going to be many people come with a different gospel. What made this girl think that killing herself was acceptable to God? She said she lost her connection to God. She mentioned, oh, the devil, you know, he might have won. But killing yourself, what is heard that makes a person think that killing myself is acceptable to God. These are questions for you to think about. We're going to get to, we're working through this thing. Just roll with me. Question number two. What have we read so far that suggests that God is something other than life and that he wants his people to have something other than life with him? Again, what have we read that makes you think God is something or someone other than life and that he wants people to have something other than life with him. The Bible says one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. God is life. God wants us to have life, not just life, but life everlasting, eternal life. Jesus says in John 14, 6, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what have we read so far that we can associate death with God? So far, all these verses that I have read to you, when God created life and he saw that it was yielding and bearing he said it was very good. Question number three. If loving Jesus is obeying Jesus and to obey Jesus is to be alive to do so, is this even possible by being dead? If loving Jesus is obeying Jesus and to obey Jesus is to be alive to do so, is this even possible by being dead? All right, question number four. What can a dead man do? What can a dead dog do? A dead horse do? A dead roach do? A dead chicken do? What can a dead man do? Absolutely nothing. Question number five. Knowing God obeying God, living for God is only possible by being alive. That was a statement, not a question. Knowing God, obeying God, living for God is only possible by being alive. That's like saying, Joey, read Genesis 5. Joey's not here. Joey has to be present here in this room with me if he going to read Genesis 5. He's not present, therefore he can't participate. If you are not alive, you can't do 
obey, sing, praise, evangelize. You can't do nothing. Here's a quick example. The food can't cook if the stove ain't on. Omitting the means for cooking is detrimental to human survival. Now, I know there's some vegetarian folk and there's some vegan folk and I can just eat neutral grain bars and you, I know you get my point. Hey, tell me a restaurant without a stove in it, without a sink in it to wash them uh, vegetables. Every Chili's, Applebee's, IHOP, they all got a burner somewhere cooking up something. Folks, listen to me. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. Folks, God created the heavens and the earth in abundance to make himself known to all mankind for all time, first, foremost, and fundamentally. In other words, everything made has a maker. God took his time to lay out a wonderful spread of creatures and species and blowing bubbles and buzzing and zipping and flying and, and swinging and running and jumping and digging. Man, it's so much activity and vibrant life in the world because of God. We haven't even talked about uh, in Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. He highlights that there are more than 900,000 species of insects. If you move down south, you, as long as I've lived here, I keep, I, I, I stay seeing new bugs. Just when I thought I saw them all, something flew on the back of the car the other day. I said, man, what in the world is that? I can't even categorize all these birds and bugs and colorful little things that move around. I, I don't know. And I have not even scratched the surface of the bugs on this planet. But God created all of these things in the powerful array and display of his glory and majesty and awe and wonder for various reasons. But let me read you the verse to further cement what I just said. Romans 1, 18 through 20, Christian Standard Bible reads... For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. Romans 1, 18-20, Christian Standard Bible. That text is loaded. We can't go there too deep. But I'll say this. There's no way... We can look at, let's pick the Dodge Charger. There's no way we can look at a Dodge Charger and not understand that there is a Dodge dealership. There's a car manufacturer somewhere. There's a seat manufacturer, a fabric manufacturer. There are electronical and software engineers. There are people who, uh, ma the machinists who make bolts and, and engine blocks and all types of stuff. There's no way we can say 
that there's not an intelligent designer or team of designers and engineers and architects behind the, the creation of that vehicle. The creation and then the performance. It's one thing to see a silverback gorilla, but it's another thing to watch that joker do something. If he beat his chest or knock something down or whatever, it's gonna really scream the the the, the creator. Okay. Now I want to leave you with this because this is a serious topic. I, I'm trying not to use too much humor, as you can tell. I'm I'm kind of silly, and this is something I can't really control. I've learned to love it and use it and try to make it work for sharing Jesus with others and being one who is madly in love with Jesus. But I want to leave you with this. If you're a male, if you're a female, if you're an adult, if you're a child, think about this. Adam got upset after God drove him out of the Garden of Eden and committed suicide. Noah was building the ark, but got tired one day and killed himself. Abraham was on his way to take Isaac up the mountain, but he stopped and he killed himself. Lot was stressed out about the men of the city gathered around his house. He turned around and he killed himself. Moses walked down from Mount Sinai and was angered at the golden calf fiasco. And he turned over, walked a little ways and he killed himself. He committed suicide. David was on his way from Jesse to Goliath, but he killed himself. Ladies and gentlemen, how can the plan of God be accomplished if people commit suicide? How could the will of God for the people it took for you to hear the gospel happen if they killed themselves? Gord McLean woke up the morning, the man who shared Jesus with me. Gord McLean woke up and he, he made his way up to the hilltop, but he, he got in a conversation with somebody at the store and, you know, five minutes before he arrived at his destination, he walked down to a park behind Jason Lee Middle School and he killed himself. Do you see what I'm trying to show you, man, woman, parent, child, whoever you are? Please do not assume that it will be okay. Please do not assume that you can handle your situation yourself. No human being is made to be by themselves. And that's why you have other people on the planet. You've got parents, you've got people at school, you have friends, you have a church. Right now, you might feel like you don't have nobody. I work at a church, I'm on staff at a church. I can tell you this. Right now, you might feel like you have nobody. My faith says that somebody somewhere, especially in all these churches that are open, really cares about you. Somebody at that church cares. If not the secretary, it's going to be the coordinator. If not the coordinator, it's going to be the minister. If not the minister, it's going to be the elder. If not the elder, it's going to be the pastor. Somebody somewhere cares about you. So if you're in that situation right now, pick up the phone, make that call, uh, uh, send an email and don't do anything until you hear a response. Reach out to somebody, a coach, uh, maybe, I don't know. We come in contact with people all the time. Pull somebody over uh, uh, in the aisle at Kroger, a Kroger clerk or a Safeway clerk or a food line clerk. Pull the person over and say, man, I'm just having a hard day. If you had Applebee's or Chick-fil-A, please, there is another way 
other than saying, like this girl said, I'm not enough. I haven't felt enough. I'm tired. No, 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 no. Please, I, I, I plead with you that you would. And if you do, then you'll see. You'll get past it. You'll move on. And prayerfully, you will connect to God. And Jesus will make you whole in time. This is the last thing I'm going to lead you with. I'm going to read these scriptures and we're done. While God knows the hearts of men, God has made clear and available his will for man. Listen to these next verses carefully in light of suicide. 1 John 1.5, King James Version. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There is not the slightest hint in God himself of suicide. James 5.16, King James Version. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Two ways that you can alleviate yourself from being close to the door of suicide. One. You can pray. You can confess your sins to Jesus and pray. And as you are sincere in confessing your sin and giving your life to Jesus, your prayer will be heard. Or you go grab that brother, that sister, that friend, somebody you know that's living for Jesus and you tell them what's on your mind. Because the Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. So the two things you have that you can use is confessing and prayer and confessing. I'm not talking about Catholicism at all. I'm simply saying, go to somebody that you know is living for Jesus and tell them what's on your mind and where you're at. Proverbs fourteen twelve. King James, there is a way that there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have not heard death in any description of God himself. We have not heard death in anything that God has created. So what are the ways of death? Suicide is one of them. I'll go ahead and say it. So many people are scared to say what the Bible says. Or like Dr. Vody Bacham, just say what the book says. Okay? The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. This girl said, I'm in a much better place. I'm in the water. I'm happy in the water where everything is still and peaceful. That's the ways of man. That is the ways of man. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. So again, it's a way. Suicide is a way that seems right unto men. But the end thereof, oh my goodness, are the ways of death. The last verse I'm going to read you with, and we are absolutely done, is Psalm 119, 9 through 11. I'll read this out of the New King James Version. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. 
With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Those ways of death we just mentioned in Proverbs 14, 12. How can those ways be cleansed by taking heed according to your word? Remember Hebrews 4, 12. The word is living and active. The word is going to bring life. The Bible says the engrafted word, James 1.21, which is able to save your soul. That's why it's able, because it is living. It is alive. So the way that your ways, the ways of death are cleansed, the suicidal thoughts are cleansed, is by God's word. That's why he says, your word have I hidden in my heart. Look that word up, engrafted word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Folks, if you're listening, the Bible, God's word engrafted in your heart will not make you turn around and blow your brains out. The word of God will not make you swallow a whole bunch of pills or take a whole bunch of drugs. The word of God will not make you go upstairs to a building and jump off or go to a bridge and jump off. The word of God will not do that. The word of God is, even in its essence, is life. As I have tried to read to you so many other verses, John 8, 12, I am the light of life and the light of men. God tells us, Matthew 5, ye are the light of the world. Because Jesus is the light of life and the light of men. If he is in you, you're going to be light. If Jesus is in you, you will live. Finally, one last verse is John 6, 57 and John 6, 58. The Bible says, blessed is he who feeds on me, for he shall live because of me. You will live if you have the word of God. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor preaching Jesus. You're listening to One Life with Taylor. This podcast was entitled, I Decide Suicide. Get that word in your heart and graft it, and God will cause you to live. Until next time. Hit the trash bag, preach the gospel bag. 2819, make disciples of all, make disciples of one life, one death, one time. Make disciples, make disciples, make disciples.